We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So let's let's break these guys down. And we we always talk about like what we're confident in and, and things like that after the fact. I can I little little teaser preview here. My confidence in what Mitchell Evans is going to be able to do and what uh, what he's going to be asked to do and how he's going to be able to meet that expectation. I have the utmost confidence in Mitchell Evans, and and I you know he's going to be the number one guy. I, that I that's how I feel unless he gets hurt or unless he just absolutely doesn't show up to fall camp he's the guy I'm most confident in for a multitude of reasons but I think that he's just scrat- we're just scratching the surface as to what Mitchell Evans 100%. can give to this offense two two points to two two kind of responses to what you just said Vince yep to a degree you're correct I think Mitchell is a guy that I was not sure why they signed him when they first got him I'm okay. like you know like you know this is a converted quarterback like you're noted you're tight end you and then you kind of watch him as a senior playing quarterback, and you're like, this is a really athletic six foot six kid. You know, you're like, okay, I see it, but he's raw and he's gonna need time. Well, he got time. You think you were thinking because you got Michael Mayer. Well, then injuries happen, and then Mitchell's thrust into the field a sure. lot sooner than I think. I doubt when Notre Dame got him, they thought he's gonna be our number two tight end by the middle of his freshman year. I doubt <laughs> that was the, the thought sure. process for Notre Dame for a kid who was playing quarterback the year before, right? Right. And, uh, you know, then he comes out in year two and he's banged up. And that's kind of been the issue with Mitchell Evans. He misses about mm-hmm. half the year this year because of an injury that he suffered in the spring. He was a little banged up as a freshman. He's got to prove that he can stay healthy. That's the sure. other part of this. Because to your point, if you tell me, if you go at the end of the year and you, you're you able to forecast, Vince, he's going to play, you know, Brian, he's going to play at least 13 games. I say, okay, then he's going to be pretty good. He's going to mm-hmm. be a dude. He's going to be a guy that makes a lot of plays. We saw it in the bowl game. Absolutely. Right. And, and we all remember the touchdown where he's wide open. He did a great job selling that route. But, you know, a big part of the per, go remember the third and 15 he converted on their first touchdown drive, you know, getting open. And and but he caught the ball short of the sticks. He had to make dudes miss yeah. to get to the first down ends up getting 18 yards on it. So and then there was another play, Vince. I think you remember in the first quarter, maybe it's the first quarter. I think it was the first quarter where Mitchell's running up the seam, and if the quarterback gets to him, he's open for a big play. I mean, so yeah. 
three catches for 39 yards and a touchdown is good production for a, a tight end. I mean, if, if you're talking about, you know, the course of, of a 13 game season, that's, you know, 39 catches uh, on the season. That's 507 yards. That's 12 touchdowns. I mean, yeah. 13 touchdowns, right? Like that's a heck of a year yeah. for a, for a, a tight end for most teams. I think the production could be right there. I think that's mm-hmm. a very fair number of what he could be, depending on how they're going to use a tight end. So we've seen Mitchell Evans show that, hey, I can be a guy that's a really good, important, complimentary piece. Maybe my numbers aren't what Michael Mayers were, sure. but every catch that Mitchell Evans had mattered in that game. Absolutely. And and I think you could maybe see something like that if if he's healthy. And that's sure. what Mitch has got to show because I think to your point, Vince, I think you nailed it with like the last thing you said. I think the last comment you made was that kid's most likely just kind of starting to scratch the surface of the kind of player he can be. You see him, we've joked about this. When you see him and Joe Walt standing next to each other, they look like little kids if you only see them like from here. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like they look like they could like be, baby if you faces. only saw them from the, from the chest up, you'd look like they'd be hanging out with your son. Yeah. You know, junior absolutely. high school. Yeah, right? right, they look right. like little kids. Well, n- you've seen Joe; they're in the same class. I haven't seen Mitchell Evans really this summer. Sure. I've seen Joe Walt. He's a man now. Right, he still has a little bit of the baby face, but he's looking more grown now. You know what I mean? He doesn't mm-hmm. quite have the same amount of the baby face. Mitchell Evans is going to be entering the same boat, Vince, where he's now the third year in the weight room is going to pay off. Because remember, he missed almost the entire summer in fall camp last year. Right. He came back like middle of fall camp, I think, but he was like, I mean, he wasn't really full go. They couldn't utilize. He didn't really, what was his first game that he played last year, Vince? It was like a uh, Stanford game it was the first game we saw Mitchell Evans last year and only played 18 snaps. And then of course he played a bunch after that, but you know, now he's got a full off season of nurse. Right. Remember that right. they, they were showing the, the, you know, the summer workout pictures of all the tight ends flexing and Mitchell's over there and it's like his little riding scooter with his knee on the thing because he couldn't put any. That's going to limit how much I've clearly going to limit how much work you can do. You can't really even bench that yeah. way. You can like you can bench, but you can't put a lot but of weight on because to put a lot of weight on legs. anchor your feet yeah. under there and really get yourself and, and go. He's got that whole offseason now. So if he can stay on the field. There's a lot of reason to think that Mitchell Evans is like to your point, Vince, I think you nailed it perfectly is just scratching the surface of the kind of player going to be going to be because he's he's going to have some grown manness to him this year, yes. right? I love I've been making up words this year this this like for these previews. <laughs> grown manness is something that I'm looking for here is a new, as a new word we're going to get it going. I love it. But do you get what I'm saying though? Like yeah. he was a young kid who honestly if it wasn't for injuries and some other guys and some years where maybe the recruiting wasn't what it should have been or could have been but for different reasons, you know, he got on the field sooner than he should have. Sure, and, and that meant that the production wasn't going to be where you are, but that's going to benefit him now moving mm-hmm. forward. Right now, absolutely. As he as he gets into this, because he's that experience is going to make him more prepared to be that guy this year, and now he's going to be a lot stronger, I think, and mm-hmm. and a lot better. And so I'm I'm very curious to see what Mitchell can be this year. I'm, I just want to see what he's going to look like. Does he start to have a little bit more definition? You know, like. You know, because we're used to the Notre Dame tight end the last couple of years looking like he should, you know, be in a bodybuilding magazine, you know, or something right. like that, right? Like, <laughs> and then there's Mitchell that looks like a 15 year old, right? Well, now he's a junior now. That this is about when you start to see those jumps, Vince, as you know, with those kids that kind of have those young bodies, those baby, the baby fat and all that. Now's the time they start to have that big jump, sure. junior year. 
And if Mitchell has that, Vince, then he's going to be a force because he's he's more of a vertical player to me than what Michael Mayer was. They they they're they're very similar in how you're going to use them, but because Mitchell's probably about an inch inch and a half taller than Michael, he's got a little bit more vertical burst. You know, remember the first catch we saw him make at Notre Dame in, in the blue gold game was on a corner route from Tyler Buckner yep. as a freshman. Remember, just stuck that sucker and beat him over the top. So you're going to see, I think, him him doing a lot of the tight end stuff that we saw Michael Mayer do in 2021. Sure. And and I, I think it's going to be impressive, but he's got to stay on the field. Right. That's Absolutely. the big key. And that's, you know, you could say that about a lot of these guys that we're going to talk about because a lot of them have been battling injuries throughout their Notre Dame career. And for Mitchell Evans, one of the things I remember, and I hope I'm not misremembering this, but during the bowl game, they were interviewing Michael Mayer on the sideline. And and one of the things that he started to talk about was Mitchell Evans. He's like, this kid is good. Like you, you guys don't understand. He, he stuck behind me, but this kid can play. And while he's talking, I believe he made one of the catches on the field. He's like, I think it was, that third, it was that it was a third 15 i believe yes. i could yes, be wrong I, yeah. I think you're right about that and and so it's like you see what i'm saying like this kid can play and he's like i'm glad that you guys are getting the opportunity to see him play yeah. you know against a big time opponent because he can play and so now with some of that you know teammate speak or whatever maybe but if one of the best to ever do it is saying that this kid can play I'm going to take his word for it. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, there, like, there's definitely some teammateness to it, but he's also sure. not going to go out there and just say it just to say it, right? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. You can and, change the subject. Like you, right. there's there's ways to finesse that. He's conversation. a great kid, hard worker. I can't exactly. wait to see what he does at Notre Dame. Yeah, right. Absolutely. And, and he's not alone. I mean, there's a lot of people around the program. I mean, I had a, a coach at Notre Dame tell me one time, like Mitchell Evans is a day two draft pick. I mean, that's the kind wow. of talent he has. Okay. He just has to he has to develop. I mean, sure. that's this kind of talent he has. Right. Well, he's going to get his chance now, right? Yeah. But yes. the key is here's the key for Mitchell. You better stay on the field. 
right? Stay healthy. And then some of the stuff you can't control, like you can't control someone rolling up on your knee or rolling up on sure. your ankle or whatever, right? I mean, I get that injuries are not really in your control when it comes to those type of things. I mean, remember how, I mean, Cole Komet, that first practice in 2019, like first few practice looked like a, just a man, like this mm-hmm. guy's ready to be a dude. Then he fall gets, you know, catches a touchdown pass, gets landed on, collarbone yep. popped, and then he ends up missing the first game and, you know, and those type of things. But as long as he can stay on the field, because as we're going to get into some of these other kids, Vince, there's some really talented players coming behind him. And yes. if Mitchell can stay healthy, it means you're going to have a very loaded room. But if Mitchell gets banged up, it means he's going to get passed up depending on how long he's sure. out. The hope is that he stays healthy and you can utilize all their skills. And then those younger players are going to have the time to develop in a way that Mitchell had the time to develop. Now, right. hopefully that comes with more production. But if Mitchell can be that guy, Vince, I mean, you're talking about a six, five and a half, six, six kid that's going to be 250 plus pounds before he really has that last jump of physical maturity right mm-hmm. and and you know you're probably start getting a little fired up about what that can be and Absolutely. what kind of you know if teams are going to be blitzing notre dame a lot and bring a lot of pressure that's a weapon that you can utilize yeah to beat that stuff that that sam hartman didn't really have is to the same degree at wake forest yep no doubt so let's let's talk about the next guy on the list so uh, you know, we're going to go kind of an age order here, okay? With the exception of Evans, since he's kind of the guy that's projected as a returning starter. That's what we Correct. decided to do. From here, we're going to go oldest to youngest. Absolutely. So the next, wise, next guy on our list is Kevin Bauman, who I think from a a, a play standpoint is, is similar to Mitchell Evans. Like if the two of them are on the field at the same time, you're going to kind of have a very similar player. Uh, you know, he's... If I'm not mistaken, he's battled injuries at one point or another in his career. What do you think about Kevin Bauman and his his chance to step up and take some snaps here? We've never gotten a chance to see Kevin Bauman healthy at Notre Dame. Right. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, you, you think back to his freshman year. Didn't he catch a pass against Alabama in the uh, playoff oh game in 2020? I think he did. Uh, so, no, it was he played, so he caught a pass against South Florida. But I remember him playing okay. against Alabama in, as a freshman. And a guy that came in with a very good reputation, you know, good athlete, good pass catcher, really good defensive end in high school as well. Good signing, four-star player. He just has literally been banged up his entire career. And then when we saw him last year, early in the season, he looked like a guy that had been coming off of a bunch of injuries, just no juice. But then he goes against Ohio State and makes a great back shoulder. I mean, I mean, behind – you remember the catch he had on that seam route against Ohio State? That was not oh, a yeah. really well-thrown yeah, ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it wasn't – a. It was it was not a well thrown ball. It didn't look like a well thrown ball. What actually happened is is Kevin bent the route in a little too much, and Tyler threw it where it was supposed to go. I want to be fair to Tyler. Tyler threw it where it's supposed to go. Kevin bent it. He shouldn't have bent it. But yeah. the point is, the ball was looked like a poorly thrown ball, and he snaps around, makes a catch, and gets a twenty something yard gain on it. Right? But, you know, so you look at the guy and you say, "Hey, look, he uh, you know he had three catches for forty four yards and only played in three games." You know, had a 22-yard gain against Ohio State, had a couple catches against Marshall. You say, the kid's got – and that was with him looking slow, to be honest with you. He just looked like he had no juice because of all the injuries. And then he was out again this spring. So, honestly, with Kevin Bauman, I don't know what to expect from him. If Kevin Bauman is finally healthy, Kevin Bauman can flat-out help this football team. Sure. There's no doubt about it. But it's just at the point now where you're a senior and – 
you've never right. been able to stay healthy. I, I, you know, I, I, I don't know what to expect of you. It's hard for me to have too much of a conversation about Kevin Bauman because we've just never seen him be healthy sure. for a season in Notre Dame. And, you know, but, but the reality of it is because of 2020 being a co- the COVID year, his freshman year being the COVID year, and then he only played three games last year because of an injury. He's got three more years left of eligibility. Really? Holy! Will smokes. he use those at Notre Dame or not? I have no idea. But if he's going to use them at Notre Dame and not be someone that transfers out after this year with a, as a graduate transfer, he's got to stay healthy and shine. Yeah. This is his chance, right? We, we kind of enter those now or never conversations, mm-hmm. and, and that this is it. And, and somebody in the chat said that Kevin Baum was a great blocker when he played. I disagree. I think that's the part of his game that he's got to get a lot better at. And I think a lot of it has to do with the lower body injuries he suffered. I don't think he was been able to kind of gain the strength to be an effective blocker. I thought the blocking early last year was poor. Michael Mayer and Kevin Bauman. Well, oh yeah, for sure. And and he's got to get better there. But a lot of that comes to me, Vince, is from just time missed. Yeah. Time missed in the weight room, time missed from a technical standpoint, time missed from the rep standpoint. So it's hard for me to know. But what I will say is if we ever see Kevin Bauman at his best and healthy, this is a kid that can flat out help this football team in some capacity, whether it's as an H-back, whether it's as the number two tight end, whether it's as a number three tight end, kind of her serving like a Brock uh, Wright role that Brock sure. Wright had in 2020. Now, we could argue now that starts Brock Wright should have played a lot more, but I'm talking <laughs> right. about the role sure. that they actually used Brock Wright for. Could he right. do that? Absolutely. But he's got to step up his game when he's in there. and Because if not, you know, we're going to talk about some younger kids here in a second that are going to be chomping at the bit you know, when it comes to to getting on the field. But, you know, uh, you start thinking about a lot of different things. Like what would have, what would the tight end room have looked like last year if George Takis doesn't leave, if he's the number two, you know, and, and what he could have been, you know, he'd be going into his his sixth year now because he had a sixth year of eligibility and, and what he could have done maybe as a starter and all that. But, but all these things have kind of shaken out in a way where Kevin Bauman's going to get one more shot to say, hey, you're ready to go out there and do something. Yeah, I've been told he's healthy. That's great. He's healthy. Where's his strength at? Where's he at from a volume standpoint? I'd like to see Kevin Bauman get get healthy and and get a chance to prove himself one way or the other for one of two reasons, Vince. One, he's healthy and he helps this football team win. That's what I'd like to see. Or B, he's at least healthy enough to where after the season he can transfer and go play somewhere else and have a chance to fulfill his college football dreams as a starter and a guy that plays at Notre Dame. One of those two things, sure, absolutely. or I mean, at, at another place, one of those two things I, I, I hope happens. I hope it's, I mean, it, it could be a combination of those two things. I mean, he's going to help Notre Dame this year and then still maybe transfer. I, I Who knows? But I just want to see the kid get a, get a shot. And I don't mean get a shot like the coaches haven't given him one. They have. I mean, just get a shot by just being available. With being injury. available. Yeah. Right. Right. And and again, it's it's no one's ever I've never heard he's a hard worker. It's just one of those things where some guys are just either have bad luck or they're just injury prone and there's not a lot you can do about it. And hopefully that that kind of is in the rear view for Kevin, because he's going to provide some veteran leadership if he's healthy this year. It's hard to be a leader when you haven't played a whole lot and you're injured. Sure. But if you're out there playing, he can help. So I I hope he's able to kind of crack that. And here's the other part, too, Vince. If Kevin Bauman's healthy and playing to his potential, you can be more patient bringing Eli Raritan along. Right. And I very important. Very yeah. important. Yeah, we're going to get to Eli Raritan in just a second and what his situation is. But before we do, we have to talk about Holden Stays, who 
got on the field last year, was able to, to you know, make some waves as, as a young guy getting on the field, mainly because of injuries, et cetera. I uh, believe he changed his number this year. He's going from 85 to 13. So, you know, what, is that, what does that look like? Number. Yeah, right. exactly, exactly. So yeah, I, I love the fact that he and Stays are like, you know, more athletic number. He's 13, Stays is number nine, so mm-hmm. it's some athleticism Raritan. there. Yeah. I'm sorry. What's that? I'm sorry. Raritan that's what I, I said. He and Stays, didn't I? He, he and Raritan. Yeah. So Stays is going to be a, an interesting one because he is he's built differently than Evans and Bauman. And so he brings something different to the table. And so if he can work his way to the number two tight end or even the number three tight end, get himself into the rotation, he allows something a little bit different to the offense yeah. than the other two guys do. And, and that time. that's intriguing. I mean, that that's intriguing to me. He's probably the most unique athlete the Notre Dame has a tight end. And I would say Raritan's the second, but they're – they're different types of players. And this is what I loved about them when they right. signed is they are both incredibly talented and two guys that are very athletic, but play the game a little differently. Raritan is a tall, fast, vertical guy. Holden is a little bit more athletic, you know, a little bit more receiver ish. We saw in some of the practices this spring where they were, they had him at basically playing in the boundary, catching receiver routes you know, things like that. And so, you know, you're going to see him being utilized in different ways. Some of those ways are going to be a, a, a geared towards, okay, complementing the rest of the offense as the number two tight end. But you, but you, to the point is, I mean, you can line up in 12 tight end and put Kevin or Mitchell Evans in, in sort of an attached position. Let's say you're going to go two by two, right? Let's say you're going to like, kind of like deuce right. You're going to have your, your two guys off the ball to the right. And then you're tied in and your boundary receiver to the left, you're on the left hash. And then you can either do one of two things, depending on who you have in the game. So if I have Tobias Merriweather in the game, I can put Tobias outside and have Holden Stace inside. But you know what else I can do with Tobias Merriweather? Where was his only touchdown pass as a freshman come slot. from? There's a slot in a two in a in, in a 12 personnel two by two look with both tight ends to one side. I could put Holden Stace outside and put Tobias inside. If I got Chris Tyree in the game, I could put Holden Stace on the outside and Chris Tyree in a slot. And now all of a sudden. I've got a really interesting situation because I can throw my screen game to Chris Tyree on the perimeter, and I've got a six foot five, two hundred and forty plus pound guy as a lead blocker. But I also have a guy that can run routes out there. I can drop back and throw the ball and run routes out there. I can run my comebacks, my ins, yep. my overs, my unders, you know, my high, my field high lows, and different things like that. And I can throw one on ones depending on how you want to match up against me. You know, if, if I'm the OC for Notre Dame and I'm looking at those alignments, are you going to put a linebacker out there? Are you going to put a safety out there? Are you going to put a corner out there? How are you going to defend us when we go to those looks? And those are all things. I mean, you could do things the way Mitchell Evans plays. You could literally go with the two tight ends as your outside guys in those looks and go with, a, you know, the two. And there's other things you can do, like if Jadarian Price or Jeremiah Love or Devin Ford is, is in the game or running back, you can go 22 personnel, right? Or excuse me, 20, uh, 12 personnel. And I can put my two receipt, my two tight ends outside, and I can go empty. And I've got sure. three really good pass catchers as a receiver slash backs, but I also have two big receivers on the out, two big tight ends that can run routes. That's the thing, Vince. These aren't just big, you know, run five yard hitches as decoys. You can throw vertically to these guys, right? And that's and there's just all types of different things. But that only happens if Holden Stace really steps up this sprint, this fall camp, and says, "Hey, 
you got to play me, which means being assignment correct. Right? Obviously, being healthy, that's going to be true for all of them. But be, be more assignment correct. Be stronger. Be a guy that can block. Sure. Because you can't be a one-trick pony at tight end. You can't be a guy that's just a pass catcher because now we put you in the game and teams are going to play you differently than we normally would if in our normal 12 personnel because they know that when you're in the game, you're a pass catcher. So you got to be a guy that's a dual-threat guy. So Holden Stace has got a lot to prove this this fall camp, a lot to prove. But, man, he's got a ton of talent. And and if he can step up and have a good spring or good fall, I keep saying spring, if he can step up and have a good fall camp, Vince, he gives you some things in 12 personnel that you just did not have in past seasons. It's almost right. it's it's and he's got a lot better hands than Tommy Tremble had, but he brings a lot of the athletic very route similar. running potential yeah. that Tommy Tremble had. Very similar as a fast vertical guy, but he's bigger than Tommy Tremble, and he's got more reliable hands than Tommy Tremble. So if if Holden can say, "Hey, you you got to play me," by not by what he says, right? Whenever I say a player says you got to play me, it's with his actions. He goes out right. there and earns it. It's how he plays. Yeah, right. exactly. Right. I think that they want to do a lot of 12 personnel. They want to still be able to do 12 personnel whenever they want. Not that they're going to do it as much, but whenever they want. And if Holden Stace is the guy that emerges as that number two tight end, and, and it's like not because everybody else is hurt, but because of he just is that good, you got to get him on the field. He gives you some very interesting looks and some very intriguing opportunities to where when Notre Dame goes 12 personnel, you got to make a really tough decision. Are we going to stand our base defense or are we going to be able to do we have to go bigger? Because right. if you go bigger and Notre Dame has some matchups either way, if you go bigger, then you can line him up out wide and get in some some matchups against linebackers and safeties that they may not like the defense may not like. If you decide to stay in your base looks, then Notre Dame can just say, fine, we're going to run it at you because Holden's a good enough blocker, right? So there's so much that they can do if he's able to step up and, and perform. But he's got to do that, Vince. That's going to be yeah. the big question, right, is he's got to step up and say, hey, I, I deserve playing time. Because he, he here's the thing. He's not just competing against, and this is true of the tight end, the number two tight end. You're not just competing against Eli Raritan and Kevin Bauman and Cooper Flanagan and Davis Sherwood and, and those guys. You're also competing against Chris Tyree, Jaden yep. Thomas, Jaden Greathouse, Rico Flores, uh, Jadarian Price, um, Devin Ford, Jeremiah Love, Jabron Payne, meaning, okay, if you're not stepping up and I want to get a different look, then I'm just going to go 21 personnel or I'm right. going to go 11 personnel more because I have more faith that, you know, Jaden Greathouse is going to give me a look here or I'm going to, if I want to go big, then I'll just go big and say, we're going to put Jaden Thomas we'll put in the Thomas slot in and have there. Deion yep. Colsey and Tobias Merriweather outside. Yep. And now I'm going to get out of the, you know, the different things that I want to do pass game-wise and run game-wise. Then I will out of 12 personnel because I can't count on you to go do your job and do it at a high level. Right. So that's what these tight ends are up against. It's not just, okay, I'm the number two tight end, You know, insert X number of snaps for me. It may say, hey, yeah, you're the number two tight end, but but you didn't play that well. And I've got six receivers, seven receivers, and four backs that are just chomping at the bed who had great fall camps. Guess what? We're not doing a lot of 12 personnel this year. That's the reality of it. So that's what makes this interesting is it's not just a tight end battle. And and we don't talk – we kind of compartmentalize. or There's the slot receiver battle and the number two tight end battle and the number two back battle. Well, those kind of things all go against each other as well, Vince. It's like if the slots are just dominating a fall camp and the the tight ends are just kind of okay, guess what? We're going to do a lot more 11 personnel. 
if I've got three running backs that are just so good, I got to get them on the field. And my number two tight ends are just, uh, you know, then guess what? I'm going to do more 20 personnel, more 21 personnel. That's just the reality of it. And then the opposite is true. If my number two tight end and number three tight end are balling, are just kicking butt in fall camp, and my slots are inconsistent, catching the ball, not getting open, my backs are just not, you know, effective, then, hey, guess what? We're going to see a lot more 12 personnel than we expect a little bit. But even then, it's not going to be like last year's 12 personnel. It's going to look a lot different. And that second tight end, I think, needs to be treated as more of a pass game weapon than we've had in the past. That's been one of my biggest complaints about tight end You're telling playing me. Notre Dame. Like when you look at 2020, even Vince, when Tommy Tremble caught like about 20 balls, what will let me look up and see what he had in 2020? It's like 19, 20 passes. Tommy Tremble, yeah, 19 catches, 218 yards. You say, well, that's good number two tight end production. We had eight of those catches in the first two games when he was the starter. And then after that, he had 11 in the next 10 games. Yeah, because he basically Michael Mayer became the number one pass catching tight end. Well, I don't want to see that. I want to see a guy that maybe only has 20 catches, but it's kind of throughout the year he's utilized as part of what they're trying to do to where the moral of the story is Vince and the number two tight ends on the field. You have to respect it or Mm -hmm. we're going to beat you with him. That's the key. Mm -hmm. In the past, you and I I remember you and I having this very conversation and when we first launched this channel, the way the teams defend Notre Dame, they do not pay attention to the number two tight end. Because yep. even when he runs a route and gets open, the quarterbacks do not look at him. Correct. We used to complain about this with George Tack. It's like, dude, George Tack was open five times in this game. Tommy Trumbull was open in this game. They just didn't throw him the football. Right. All right? the time. All the time. That's got to change. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think there's a good possibility that that will change. Now, you brought up the fact earlier on when we were in the intro and you were talking about Sam Hartman and his, I wouldn't say reluctancy to throw to the tight end, but it wasn't part of their offense. I mean, it wasn't a legitimate Correct. part of their offense. It will be a part of their offense here. How I does hope. he adapt to it? I hope that's that's a question, you know, because we don't know, yeah. right? Yeah, we hope, obviously. Yeah, because I, I just don't because, see how, how the tight ends coach is the offensive coordinator and the tight ends aren't involved, right? Because, like, I'm you know who I'm not blaming for never looking to the number two tight end, Ian Book, Jack Cohn, Tyler Buckner, or Drew Pine. Because when four quarterbacks all run the offense the exact True. same way, that's telling me that they're not being. T- t- like taught to target the the t- this tight end is being because you know this Vince in the past game you'll have a guy run a route and you're like telling him, he's not a, he's not an option right right we're using him as a clear out he's doing this you know we're we're you know you'll have routes where you're just going to tell your outside receiver to run a go and there's some teams will just say hey, you're not looking at him we're reading here I'm reading well, I hate that yeah exactly I hate that I mean I'm like hey look now there may be a if the if the pre snap look is here. We're not looking at him. If it's a too high Correct. look, and I'm just, then you're not looking at him. But if it's cover one and that safety's over the ball, and we're on the left middle hash, and that right guy's playing a one on one, then now all of a sudden he's a, a guy that you look for, and we're just going to catch and we're going to bang that one on one outside, right? But Notre Dame didn't really do that. They used that second tight end to kind of occupy space to right. free up the other tight end on an under or some other type of receiver route. It ha- that's what I have to believe because. Otherwise, you're telling me four different quarterbacks that started at games in Notre Dame never looked at the number two tight end just because they didn't feel like it or they didn't know how to read a defense. Well, if they didn't know how to read a defense to get down to the number two tight end more than once or twice a year, then mm-hmm. that tells me they weren't being taught that. Or right. B, they were being taught that, and it was that guy's not your 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 checkdown option. If the one and two read isn't open, then we're coming backside to the comeback or we're going to the checkdown to the back or something like that. That's what that tells me. So that's what we don't know of how that's going to change. We, we sure. don't. We can assume that Jared Parker is going to do more 
because he's the tight ends coach. But let's not forget, Jared Parker spent most of his career coaching wide receivers. He played wide receiver at Kentucky. Yeah. Right. So he was an SEC wide receiver that's coached receivers his, his entire career. I don't think it, we should automatically assume that he's going to make the tight ends a bigger part of the offense, even just because he's coaching them. Sure. I think he should, but it's still kind of show me a little bit. I think I maybe, like maybe we're in- assuming a tad too much here. Well, and I don't even want to use the term a bigger part of the offense because the tight end was a big part of the offense last I'm year. talking about the number two. Okay. All right. I just wanted to clarify the number for people. Two. Yeah. We're going to see one tight end be a part of the offense. There's no doubt. Right. What I'm more referring to is, are we going to see the second and third tight ends be go. a bigger part of what they're doing? There we just go. Just as the tight ends coach is, is what we're doing. Because Chip Top, Chip Long was the tight ends coach at Notre Dame, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I don't remember the number two tight end catching a lot of balls under him, either. Sure. You know, that, that, but there was a little bit more. You know, we we saw Tommy Tremble in 2019, you know, catch 16 passes, right? Yeah. But, you know, three three of those for 49 yards of those came in the Louisville game when Cole Komet didn't play. And then four of those catches came against Bowling Green in a blowout. You know, so it's like, well, did they really target it more? Not really. You know, 2018, you saw a little bit. You saw Cole Komet with 15 grabs that year. But again, part of that was because there was – you know, Alex Alize Mack missed a game. Sure. And and Cole Komet stepped up and played well. Remember, uh, Alize Mack didn't play against Northwestern. Well, Cole Komet goes out there. He got hurt against Navy. And then Cole Komet had six of his 15 catches were <laughs> in the Navy Northwestern game when Alize Mack went out. Sure. Well, even then, you just didn't really see that number two tight end being a, a big part of the, the weapon, even when you had a guy like Cole Komet as your number two tight end. Right. So those are the different aspects that you look at and say, you just haven't even really, you haven't seen that a ton where the number two tight end has been targeted. And, and what do we mean by the numbers? Like to me, the numbers we just pointed out with those other tight ends, that's good production for a number two tight end. Sure. It just can't be. It's kind of like when we talked about using two backs. So be, best example of using two backs was 2015 with Josh Adams and CJ Person. I'm like, no, it's not. Well, how can you say that? CJ had a, a thousand yards. Josh Adams had eight hundred yards. I'm like, yeah, but almost all of Josh's yards came after CJ got hurt. Yeah, right, right. Like the USC game, CJ was, he got one carry for 26 yards, and we don't see him again. Right, I mean, he had 100 yards in, in a blowout of UMass off the bench, and then the rest of his yards didn't come until till CJ got hurt against Pitt, if you remember correctly. So, uh, actually, I'm gonna kind of su- support that point here real quick. He had 100 yards. Uh, Josh Adams came in in the first game against Texas. Remember when Torian got hurt, had five carries, then he came in the four- second half and had 13 carries for 133 yards against UMass in sort of mop up duty. He had two carries against Clemson, one carry against USC, zero carries against Temple, and then he goes 20 for 147 against Pitt. But that's because CJ got hurt, right? And then the rest of the way. He has 147 against Pitt, 141 against Wake, 39 against BC, 168 against Stanford, 78 against Ohio State, all because CJ was out. Right. And and so that's kind of where I'm looking for. I want to see 15 to 20 grabs by the number two tight end, not in it not coming like blowout moments and, and mop up minutes where it's part of your offense. It may only be one or two catches a game, Vince. That's the whole point. But that's it's, fine. Yeah. It's if it's you know, Holden Stace only catches one ball against Ohio State, but it's a seam route for 35 yards that then opens up other things. It changes right? the field position. It uh, you know, puts them in field goal and range. And now they or have whatever. to defend that guy now. Right. Next, and, and then that exactly. opens up. You know, I, I run a, a you know I go out of 12 personnel. You know, I run a high low with my tight ends where I run holding on a 15 yard in cut 
and Mitchell on an under route. And all of a sudden that field safety is coming down saying, oh, they're holding Stace again. And I bang a post route over top to my to Tobias Merriweather or right. or somebody else because now they're more they're hey we got to defend this guy now and then boom that opens up something else that's the impact that I'm looking for it's not so much they're going to catch you know the starter's going to catch 45 balls and the backup's going to catch 35 balls that's not what I'm talking about it may be 40 and 15 but those 15 are bigger plays they're legitimate weapons and you know when this kid runs a route You've got to defend him. He's an option. He's an option. You've got to respect him because if you don't, then I'll throw five, six balls to him. Right. But if you do, now all of a sudden that's going to open up opportunities for me outside. And that's why those things are important, Vince. And when when you've got a guy on the field that's just not a weapon in the pass game, you're going to get hurt. I I point to the Denver Broncos when in in 1997 and 98 when they had Howard Griffith. They they were a 21-personnel team a lot of the time. But Shannon Sharp was a major weapon in the pass game. But Howard Griffith would catch footballs. They would throw to their fullback. I mean, one of the biggest plays yeah. in, in, in the Super Bowl against the Packers was Howard Griffith catching that one-handed ball, or was it against the Steelers? I think it was against the – yeah, it was against the um, the Packers where he he catches a, that ball backhanded. I think it was the play where um, Ed, Ed McCaffrey laid out that linebacker, I, I believe. So, you know, when he was in the game, you had to, you had to worry about it, right? I mean, 1999 for the Broncos – or, see, 1998 for the Broncos when – um, you know, he caught 15 balls out of the backfield, 30 targets out of the backfield. He had 26 the next year. He had 27 for the for the uh, Panthers one year. The point is, when he was in the game, you had to worry about him because they would do things with him to yeah. to, to to get him to football. You couldn't just leave him open. Or we saw we saw what Audric Estime last year against USC, where they finally throw the freaking swing to him. And and because that thing is, when they go 12 personnel. They see two guys were not really options. You only had to cover three guys because they weren't going to really throw the check down to the backs. Right. And they weren't going to throw the number second tight end. end. Exactly. Makes it a whole lot easier to defend you. But if I'm a team saying, hey, look, they're going to they're going to throw to the backs out of this. They're going to throw to the tight, the second tight end. So we got to be balanced in how we attack, which then makes it harder for you to key on my top receivers. And that's really where it comes from. And holding sure. stace is the to to wrap it up and we can kind of move on to the next topic because we went from holding states kind of big picture. The, the unique thing about Holden Stace and Eli Raritan, if he's healthy and gets on the field this year, is they bring home run potential as tight ends. Right. They bring – they're not just going to be catching like little six-yard option routes for first downs. Not, that doesn't mean they can't do that, but that's not why you're putting them in the game to be the primary fa- – it's, hey, you don't want to respect this seam route from Eli Raritan, who is a 4-6, if not a 4-5. Okay, cool. Don't do that. We're going to hit a little pop pass over your linebackers because your safeties are not worried about my tight end. He's going to catch that, and you don't have anybody that can catch him once he gets that ball free. You don't want to respect Holden Stace? Fine. We're going to bang a backside post route. You're going to put a corner on him with no safety mm-hmm. help because you don't – okay, fine. You're going to you're going to roll your cover to the three-by-one because you don't respect Holden Stace backside? Fine. We're going to run a play-action backside post route, and I'm just going to tell my quarterback, throw it at about nine feet, and then let Holden go up and get it if the guy's on him, right? Easy. And that may be his only catch in the game, right? But it's it's that impact type of place, and that's what Holden can bring to the table. That's what Eli Raritan, if he's healthy, can bring to the table. As we kind of transition to just kind of quickly talking about him, Vince, because with Eli Raritan, it's just he's healthy. I, I mean, I, I don't know. Like I've been told, he's healthy. He's back to hundred mm-hmm. percent. I just feel like the kid's a quick healer. 
but at the same time, he was a quick healer last year too. He got hurt in December and was playing by the opener, and then he got hurt again. Same knee. I would be very, very cautious. Like if it was up to me, I would say, "Hey, we're going to redshirt this kid. He's going to play in four games. We're not going to play him until middle of the season. You know, we're going to play him in four games unless he's just too good not to play." But you gotta, you gotta be patient with him, man. That's that's my my hope for Notre Dame is it's going to be, it's going to be enticing when you see him out there running fast he's six seven sure he can jump he was a really good high school basketball player he's fat i mean and you're just like man we got to use that guy but right you, he he's hurting that knee again from being done basically mm-hmm. you know so uh, to me that's why if if eli if holden stace and kevin bauman have really good fall camps then your need to push eli raritan diminishes Sure. If those guys don't step up and you're watching Eli dominate in the reps he is getting, you're like, man, you know what? Doc say he's cleared. Let's let's just put him out there. And then boom, we get what happens. So I hope they take their time with him. But if at any point in time he comes back this year, he brings a weapon because the the funny thing is, Vince, we always thought he would be the big pass game weapon. He's six seven. He's right. really fast. Apparently has the fastest 10 yard split in the history of tight ends, apparently, <laughs> which we say sarcastically. He's got great hands. He's, you know, he's a leaper. And we're thinking this guy's going to be a great pass game weapon, but he's kind of skinny. I don't know how good of a blocker he's going to be. Was well, a freshman, he was their best blocking tight end before he got hurt. That was a crazy thing. Like he was literally their best blocking tight end before he got hurt. And you're like, holy crap, if this guy's also going to end up being a good blocker, then he's a legit all around weapon. It's just, is he going to stay healthy? Right. That's the that's the key. That's what we don't know. Yeah. That's absolutely. what we don't know with, with Eli. But man, the, the talent is enormous. No doubt. It really is. No doubt. Let's move on to the the one incoming freshman that Notre Dame has uh coming in this fall. Cooper Flanagan. Fairly highly rated guy coming out. The top two fifty guy for sure. Yeah, yeah. Coming in. So I mean he he's got he's got plenty of uh, ability in, in this tight end room. He, he belongs in this tight end room, tight end you, all that stuff. Where do you see him, you know, fitting into this group this year? I, I know how, what we think of him long-term, but as a true freshman, can he make his way onto the field? With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem-solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot... Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. He can, yes, as a blocker. I, I think Cooper Flanagan shows up as a true freshman with the ability to block. He 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 could easily fill the role that Eli Raritan had last year. Because the funny thing is, we've talked about Eli's speed and all this, but when they put Eli Raritan on the field last year, it was to be a blocker. Yeah. And that's that's what he was in the game to do, is block. 
And and to me, if you get into a situation where you're not getting good blocking from your veteran tight ends out of 12 personnel, your number two tight end, I'd say give Cooper a chance. Because, I mean, that's what you yeah. brought him here to do. Yeah. Number one, he's a throwback tight end. He's a traditional right. tight end. When we talk about the stuff Mayer did, Cooper Flanagan to me is a is a I mean he's a he's a Michael Mayer type. Now again, not the dominance, but as far as how you use him. When I compare him to Michael Mayer, it's about how you use him. I'm not saying he's as good as Michael Mayer or anything like that. Michael Mayer was a five star kid coming out of high school, right? But as far as the usage, the type of routes he's going to run, option routes, outcuts, crossers, the short to mid- intermediate stuff, right? And then he's a really good blocker. So I think those are the things you look at with Cooper. And so, yeah, that role could get him on the field this year. I hope he doesn't play more than four games. I'd like to redshirt him. I think tight end is a position that I prefer redshirts unless it is a Michael Mayer, holy moly, he's our best player day one type right. of guy. Right. But, you know, I would like to see him redshirted. But if they don't have somebody step up in that 12th personnel role as the number two blocker, then you got one of two choices, Vince. Number one is you just don't play a lot of 12 personnel. Sure. If you do, you do it differently with a couple players we're going to talk about next. Right. Right. Or if you want to go 12 personnel with a traditional tight end, then you say, hey, Cooper, these guys aren't going to done. Let's see what you can do. Sure. And then maybe you get him in there against Tennessee State or Central Michigan, see what he can do. Because, you know, you can play four guys, guys, four games now. And if he goes out there and balls out, then you can say, hey, look, we wanted to redshirt this kid, but he's too good not to play. I right. could certainly see Cooper Flanagan having a very important role in some of the 12 and 13 personnel if the uh, older players aren't getting the job done in the run game. I could certainly see that. Yeah, for sure. And I, yeah, I could see him being, you know, the 12 personnel package, the 12 personnel run package guy. Like I could definitely see that. But you could also, you know, you could, you could squirt him out. Like if, you know, oh, well, here comes the run package, you know we're prepared for the run, but you could score him out and he can catch the ball just fine. You know, it could be right. one of those kinds of situations, right. but if he's going to be that guy, he's not redshirting because right. you're going to need that guy all year. So just depends on what those guys ahead of him are, are, are up to for sure. And then nice transition, by the way, kind other of previewing a little yeah, sneak see, preview of nice what's left. See, yeah. yeah mm-hmm. So you can also do something like that with the two guys we're going to talk about next. They're both listed as tight ends. They're kind of that H back fullback, tight end, you know, that's kind of the role that they're playing. And we're talking about Notre Dame lists them as a tight end. We list them appropriately on our roster as fullbacks. Correct. Correct. Yeah, because that's kind of what they are. And they work out with the tight ends, but they have different roles. But we did see Davis Sherwood this year line up at tight end and run an in catch an in cut from Sam Hartman in the spring game because he was one of only two healthy tight ends left by the end of the spring. (laughs) Which is crazy. Well, now I will say this. I was told by multiple people that there was nothing really wrong with Mitchell Evans. It was more precautionary because he had just got like a little minor, you know, twisted ankle. He had a great Jersey scrimmage performance. So he looked really good in the Jersey scrimmage. So it was just like, why would we want to take a chance to get hurt again? If if they were playing a team, like if they were playing a real game that Saturday of the blue gold game, Mitchell would have been fine. So uh, there was a lot of precaution taken with the guys that didn't play in that game. Yes. But to the point of the nine tight ends on the roster, only two of them played, Davis Sherwood and Holden Stace. And then, right. so we did see D- Davis do that, but I think that was more out of a necessity. When he's at his best, when you're using him properly, it's as more of that H-back fullback type of role. Sure. And same with Justin Fisher. But when you look at Davis Sherwood, he is a scholarship player. 
but he's a guy Vince that brings a little bit something to the table. And I'm very curious if how they're going to utilize this. We don't like last year. We knew what his role was because of the way that they ran the offense. I don't know what his role is going to look like this year. Mm-hmm. Is he still uses that sort of fullback H back role in short yards and third down? Uh, he was a very important special teams player. I mean, he had that little shovel pass to Brain Lindsay because he's the personal protector on punt team. Right. Yeah. And and the timing of that was really good. He made a great catch. I mean, he got drilled on that in cut that he caught that caught the ball in the spring game. That was a heck of a catch. Does the offense change to the point where you've got to use Davis differently? Does he have the same role, but you you get it like you leak him a little bit more, which I sure. would actually like to see, especially yeah. in short yardage. I would love to see early in the season even if it's against Navy or Tennessee State, just to let everybody know, I would love to see Notre Dame line up in a 21 personnel look. Vince, you're going to love this. I already have it planned out. Yeah. Go 21 personnel with slot to the left, right? Okay. My two receivers to the left. And I've got my tight end to the right. I've got uh, uh, Davis Sherwood as my H back on the left, right? I'm in pistol. I'm going to motion him across to the other side, at tight end side. I'm going to fake a stretch at a pistol to Audric. And I'm going to have Davis Sherwood run right off the tight end's butt like he's blocking stretch and then go right up the sideline. And I'm going to tell Sam, fake the heck out of that stretch play, right? Get that peel back block back there to protect him. Come out of that sucker and just throw it to Davis. I don't care if he's covered. Throw it to him. I might do it against Tennessee State. Just to let everybody else know, if you don't respect this alignment, we will throw 38 to football. Right. If you're going to try to go zero pressure against this look, we will throw this kid to football and he's athletic enough to beat you. And he's got the hands to yeah. beat you. Yeah. Like I, I would do something like that, like early, early in the season. Remember when they did that to chip to Brock Wright against uh, Bowling Green? Sure. You know, like I would do something like that early on to say, hey, look, you don't respect this kid. If you don't play this kid, we're going to leak him out on third and one and run a slide with him or we'll run a wheel with rhythm, something like that. I, I would. He's in the game. I, you got to respect him. If you're still going to use him in your in your short yarded stuff, Vince, then you need to let teams know early on. You can't just assume we're running the football right, right. down your throat, or we will we will get some. Because I could see him catching a little slide route off play action, catching it out in the flats with nobody near him, and just going for 30, 40 yards before somebody finally catches him. I think yep. that would be something to do. He's got the ability to do it. That's sure. the other thing. Both of them do. Him and Justin Fisher both have the ability yep. to take a ball like that and do some damage. Absolutely. So I'm very curious to see if they're if they still continue to be used in that role, or if we see them become more traditional tight ends. Because I don't know if having Davis Sherwood as more of a traditional tight end is the best way to utilize his skills. I mean, he's sure. listed at six three two twenty eight. Do you really want him lining up attached, blocking out nine techniques all game? Right. I don't think so. Right. Get him ISOing on 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 linebackers, getting him as kind of a, a movement kick out block or a you know a movement um, you know peel block to the backside. You know what I mean? Like a split. You know when you're running split zone, bringing him back where he can leverage on the tight end. Th- that giving him a running start is a better way to allow him to block Absolutely. a nine technique or a five technique. Not lining him up and saying take a step and power yeah. block a guy that you can do some wham stuff with him. I mean there, there's there's right. different things that you can do with him where he has a running start. And it can be a quick hitter type of a play. I mean, shoot, you can hand the ball off to Davis or or Justin as well. I mean, I'm not saying all the time, but I'm saying short yardage, things like that. You get him in motion. You can ha- look. I've seen Justin Fisher run away from plenty of guys. The kid's got some speed. Now he's 230 now, or whatever he whatever he's listed on the roster. He wasn't 230 in high school, but the kid can pick him up and put him down. 
I, I would love to see them get the ball in one of their hands at one point or another, just enough. And it's very similar to the conversation we were having about the second tight end, right? It's an, you, you give them a ball enough that they are an option. And it's somebody that you have to pay attention to because when you do that, that opens up other guys or it puts them in one-on-one situations. You know, all of these different things you can do if you only prove at one point, you just got to put it on film. If you put it on film that, hey, we're not afraid to throw it to these guys. We're not We're not afraid to put the ball in their hands. Now you have to take, you can't take them for granted. You can't be like, okay, we know they're not going to go to this kid. We know they're not going to go to this kid. So now we can bracket this kid or we can, you know, inside out this kid you've got to at least prove that you are willing to go to these other guys. If you do that, this offense can be very dangerous because you're talking about a heck of a lot of one-on-one opportunities. And I like Notre Dame's chances in one-on-one opportunities. I do across the field. I mean, Absolutely. in a lot of different positions yep. and they've got to take advantage. That's a, that's been an issue with Notre Dame in the past game for a while, Vince. They don't do enough to take take those one-on-one shots. And sometimes they're going to be incomplete. That's Okay. Right. You have to have enough faith in your pass game, efficiency of your pass game, and enough faith in your run game to say, hey, look, I'm okay taking a shot on first and 10 because we're going to go back to the run game on second down and get six yards and be in a third and manageable. Or right. we can we can still throw the ball in second and 10. We have a really efficient game. We can run our RPO concepts on second. That's the other thing, too, is about uh, with RPOs is second and 10 becomes a completely different play calling situation for you. Right. I can still run the football on second and 10 because if they want to load the box and, and to where we're going to have a tougher time, I can, I can pull that sucker out, throw a little quick hitch, get six yards. Guy gets tackled. Boom. We got our six yards. We're third and four. We're right where we want to be. Exactly. Right. Where we want to be. And yep. and now next time we take that shot on first and 10, we hit that or we run some other concept or we run the football, but they've now got too deep on the back end because you know, our quarterback missed that receiver, but he, they know he was open. Right, right, exactly. So those are, I mean, I still remember the, the story that Lou Samoji told me that one time about uh, the first play that, that they put Rocket in for against Michigan in 1988. <laughs> Great story. And Lou said that uh, Lou Samoji told me that Lou Holtz looks at Tony Rice and said, throw it to, 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 to Rocket. Right? I don't care if he's covered or not. He goes, I want you to drop back and I want you to throw the ball as far as you can. Well, Tony Rice could throw the ball a country mile. I mean, that guy had a howitzer. Didn't always know where it was going, but he had a howitzer <laughs> connected to his right arm. And it was incomplete, but he said, you saw Michigan defend Notre Dame differently when Rocket was in the game from that moment on. Because they knew, okay, you got a big-armed quarterback and a guy that we don't have anyone on our team that can run with. We got we to gotta handle that differently. Similar concept, Vince. That's why sometimes you do things. It's not even, yeah, you'd like to hit that play. You're never designing a sure. play that's going to go incomplete, but you're okay taking in completion because you're letting the other team know you better defend this. Right. And you may never get anything out of it, but it opens up something else. That's all part of the, the chess match of, of play calling and play design. That's what people don't understand. It's not always uh, I'm doing this because this play in itself is going to work and we love it. That is part of it. You always want to play to work, but sometimes it's, you know, when we would do a script, when I was pass game coordinator, it's like, I would say, Hey, look, (laughs) it was so dumb one of the teams I was on and, and, and I was the pass game corner of this team, but we would, the script would be, we'd eat, go to each assistant coach and they'd pick a play that they wanted to run. I'm like, okay. this is so dumb. Like we need to be thoughtful of how we're running that play. Correct. So we can set something else. Cause then we'd like, this guy'd go 21 personnel. This guy'd go 12. This guy would go 10. It's like, there's no rhyme or reason to it. I was like, we need to have some strategy of, Hey, you want to run the ball early. That's fine. 
but can we run it out of some certain looks to try to manipulate the defense, see how they're going to line up to this, how they're going to handle that. So then we know on our fourth play. So like, to me, it's like, okay, first, second, and third down, we're going to throw a quick game out of this alignment. We're going to come back with a motion and a shift and run the ball here. We're going to do this because I think based on how they have played in the past and what we did with our scheme on play four, we're going to run this look and we're going to pop this guy free and we're going to gash him for a big play, run game, pass game, whatever. And so you'll do some of that stuff too. And I think, to tie this all in with your 12 personnel options with, I kind of view David Sherwood being in the game as more 21 personnel, traditional sure. 21, 21 big, as yeah. opposed to 21 in the back speed. Field. I mean, right, 21, I mean, like this is the way we caught it when I was coaching 21 big and 21 speed, 21 speed was two running backs. 21 big right. was you had your fullback in the game, right? Makes or sense. you just go 21 and then 21 speed, right? 21 base is your fullbacks in the game. 21 speed is you put a second running back in the game, whatever the case may be. The point being, whatever you are when you have those guys in the game doing things to say, hey, we're going to obviously use them for this is their primary role, but we need to make sure that we're thinking about how we're using them so that way teams don't have tells. It may not matter against Navy and Tennessee State or even NC State, but by the time that team from Columbus comes into town, they're going to have four games Mm -hmm. worth of film, and they're going to have some tells. They're going to have some, hey, when they they do this, you don't got to worry about this guy or this guy. This is what they do. They have a tendency to do this. So you need to have some tendency breakers with those guys early. So when you're in 12 personnel, again, be thoughtful. I We need to get that number two tight end, the ball, early because we need to let those teams down the road know you got to defend this guy. Now, the other way to do it too, Vince, because of the NC State game is you don't show it in games one and two because you plan on showing it in game three. Sure. Right? I'm okay with that. You're not necessarily holding anything back. It's just we don't necessarily need that then. Right. But we're going to work on it in practice, and then then we're going to break it out in Series 2 against NC State or something like that. I mean, there's always those kind of options as well. But you want to get that stuff on film to let everybody else know, hey, we're going to do this. And then you got to be smart about when you're like, do you really want to waste that play against Tennessee State? Well, yeah, I do because I want to get NC State thinking about it. Or I really like this play against NC State. I'm going to hold it for that game. And then we're going to let them – and then we're going to break it out for them. Now Ohio State and Duke and Louisville and USC all know – you can't not worry about – you can't ignore Davis Sherwood when we're in 21 because we're going to run him on a wheel, a slide, something, and going to get him the ball. I mean, because that's – I mean, because it's an RPO, Vince. I mean, if you're in exactly. pistol, it's an RPO. I mean, you're just – you just have Sam Hartman step back and you're just running a quick downhill zone out of, out of, out of pistol or even, you know, just off normal alignment, and I'm reading that overhang. If he stays right there you know, or he comes down, I'm pulling that sucker. I'm getting outside and I'm throwing that little slide route to, to Davis Sherwood or my second tight end. Yeah. If he stays back, I'm handing Audrey Estime. He's cutting that inside zone back right into that hole. Boom. First down. You got to show that you're willing to do that. Exactly. And if it, and, and that's going to make teams say, Hey, we got to keep that guy back on, on this alignment. Cause they will sneak da- what, what they say. Oh, Sherwood's going in motion. I got to keep my eyes on that. Right. And then here's something else that can happen. Okay, so they're going to keep their corner there looking that guy. That linebacker is still going to crash. Okay, cool. I saw that up in the box. You know, Gadouli gets down to Jared Parker, lets him know what's going on. Next time you do that, you run that inside zone. Davis Sherwood on the slide, you're now play-actioning that. And so he comes down, and now all of a sudden, uh, your tight end takes a jab step inside, boom, takes off on an arrow, like a deep arrow route right behind that corner right or yep. down the seam or a corner yep. route, something like that. He replaces that, that linebacker Bingo. that steps down, Bingo. whatever the case may but be. But you've yeah, threatened exactly. them on the perimeter. You've now seen how they're going to handle that. 
And now you have answers to create some big play opportunities. Right. I love being able to just line up on third one and smash people in the mouth and move the chains. That's great. But that's also a great opportunity sure. to open up some big plays chances for you as well. Sure. And you got to take those as well. Absolutely. And that just who wasn't who they were last year. Right. The, and part of it's by you understand it. Mitchell Evans misses half the year. Holden's a freshman. Eli's a freshman. And you got Michael Mayer. And you got Michael Mayer. And you're you're playing your backup quarterback the whole season. He's 5'11". It's a little harder to run some of that stuff. I mean, Sam Hartman's not tall, but he's still two inches taller than what you had last year. You know, so there's just a lot of different things where you understood it. But now, right now... You you need Raritan to step up. You need Davis Sherwood to step up. You need you need Stace to step up. You need Kevin Bauman to step up to say, hey, look, we're going to use it. If you're a skill player on the field, you better be able to make plays in a run and pass game. Yep. If you can't, we're going to find somebody else. There's too much talent running back and receiver to force 12 personnel down your throat just because. Right? And there's too much talent at 12 personnel or at tight end if they step up. Right. And if they're healthy, all the big if, if that's a good point, if they're healthy and if they step up, there's also too much talent at at those positions to just ignore 12 and 13 personnel because you feel really good about your receivers. And that's a great place to be in. But the position I have the biggest question mark about will they get there is, in fact, for me, Vince, tight end because of the injury histories of Mitchell Evans, Kevin Bauman, Andy Lyraridan. There's just too much of that for me to be able to say, yeah. I can definitely know we're going to spend all fall camp preparing for 12 and 13 personnel because I trust these guys. You can't really do that. They've got to prove it, in my opinion. And that's what we're going to find out as we get, yep. through, uh, get through fall camp. Yep. So, I mean, you just hit on our confidence level. You hit on our biggest question marks. I, absolutely. And I think though those are all accurate. And that, what I love about when we do breakdowns together, and we always have these two categories of confidence and biggest questions, we hit them when we're talking. I mean, there's there's no doubt about it. And uh, so so we've nailed those two. Now we we get to one where, you know, we're going to talk about bold predictions here, Brian. And I, I struggled with this one because of the tight end position is just going to be different than it's been you know, at Notre Dame over the past three years. And I feel like any prediction we make could potentially be a bold prediction just because of the question marks that we have. Right. I mean, and and it's, so it's going to be interesting. I'm interested to see uh, what you have here for sure. There is no doubt about that. My first bold prediction, and this is kind of bold related to um, the expectations for this unit, not so much past years. But my uh, my bold prediction is that the tight ends this year are still going to catch over 50 passes. Okay, total. All right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's my first bold prediction, Vince. Okay. What's your first bold prediction? I had I had uh, Mitchell Evans with 35, 504 touchdowns. Like that again? 35 catches, 500 yards, four touchdowns. That's my bold prediction for Mitchell Evans. 30 catches, 500 yards? Yep, 35, 504. Yeah. That's pretty much basically he's going to be what he was in the bowl game every game and stay yeah. healthy. Yeah, yeah. I, that's what I had written down before the show, and I was like, yeah, you kind of nailed that when we were talking about it when you said he was three for 39 in the bowl game, you know, that kind of a thing. But, I and, and again, is it bold? I think it is just because we don't know kind it's of – It's got four career catches, Vince. You're basically right. saying that's, he's going to get ten true. times his career production this season. I, I'd say that's, that's somewhat true. bold. And then my 50 catches comes down to that fits in well, 35 to 44 Mitchell Evans, if he's a starter, and then 15 to 10 to 15 plus for the next guys, which is kind of where you want to be. 
My my next bold product prediction is this, Vince, and this is going to be four different players that we discussed today are going to catch touchdown passes this year. So meaning it could be okay. it could be three of the tight ends and then Davis Sherwood. Sure. You know, it could you know that kind of thing, because I'm counting Davis Sherwood. So even though we don't necessarily count him as a tight end, but it's it's the but group there's not like a pullback preview. I mean, right? yeah, no, it would be very short. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but four guys are going to catch touchdown passes here from this position. I think that's a pretty bold prediction. That is bold, I mean, it, man. it hasn't happened yeah. at Notre Dame that way, I don't believe. Uh, I'm going to look at it. Like, last year there was two, correct? So, you had um, you had Sherwood. I mean, excuse me, you had uh, Mitchell Evans and Mayer in 2020. The most I can remember, I think three. Mayer and Takis caught him. So, that's two in 2021. You had one, one in 2020. You had two in 2019 because Cole Komet had six and Tremble had four. No, Tack has caught a touchdown. So you had three in 2019. Okay. 2018, you had one because Cole Komet didn't t- catch a touchdown. Brock Wright, Nick Wisher. So three again, some mop-up duty. So three again. 17, one, two, three. Three, then two, which is funny. You had three guys, three tight ends caught touchdowns that year. They only had four on the year. You know who the leading uh, touchdown receiver was at tight end in 2017, Vince? You had Durham Smythe and Alizé Mack as your one-two. It was actually Nick Wisher had two. Oh, wow. Okay. Had two. And you only had one tight end caught it in 16, 17. You had – here's crazy. Remember that stretch in, in the early – part of this decade where the tight ends just weren't much of a factor in the past game like 2015 the leading catcher tight end had 13 catches they only had 20 catches the whole year and one touchdown reception at tight end that year that was from nick or derm smythe that year and that and that was on that little shovel pass to against virginia was on the special teams you remember that right yeah 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 so 14 you go back to 14 only one guy. So four is pretty bold. It's something you haven't seen in the last decade at Notre Dame. I'd say that's pretty bold. Yeah, I had to convince yeah. myself that it was bold enough to, to do. <laughs> I like so that. four different guys that we talked about in today's breakdown are going to catch touchdown passes. That's No, that's super bold, and it's way less bold than my last one. Uh, I just said the set. It's bold for me because the second tight end hasn't done anything in the last few years, but I, I said the second tight end is going to have 15 catches and a touchdown. I, I didn't go with a yardage. Cause I don't really care. Yeah. I just want the second tight end be to a get, weapon. Be a weapon, exactly. Yeah. So I'm going to be clear too. I'm going to say that they're going to they're going to score, um, rushing, receiving touchdowns. I'm not talking about Mitchell Evans taking a oh, hand like off. the stupid, right. yeah, correct. the correct. Mitchell Palooza or whatever. Yeah, correct, correct. Which is cool to do like once or twice, but. but you can't keep doing that. Like right, exactly. USC was prepared for it. They'd right. They're not going to prepared for it. It's I think that's a thing of the past personally, but yes, I hope see. so. I mean, again, it's, it's a, the kid played quarterback, right? Sure. And, I, I did it. I understand you know, why he did it and it worked early. Yeah. It, that, that, that's a, did it. Sure. That's sure. a deal of surprise. Not a, well, every time it's short yardage, we're going to go to it. Like you can't, you can't do that. Right. And if you are going to do that, then you need to have something else off of it, which they never showed. It was just yeah. always him taking the snap and going forward. You know what I mean? Right. So that was my biggest issue with that. I hope they're kind of done with that, but we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. So we'll see. So Vince, that's your bold prediction, huh? 
That's it. 15 I, catches I, for your number two tight end. Yeah. Now, here's the thing. is that Does that mean like no injuries because of that? So it's not like the starter misses two games. Right. Like I catch, you're as, talking about as, as the number two. As a second tight end so in that second if, tight end role. Let's just say Mitchell Evans twists his ankle, misses a game. Mm-hmm. Holden stay steps that comes in, catches five balls that game. You would not count that I as wouldn't. number two tight. Okay. Nope. Gosh, I so wouldn't. You're not saying the number two tight end specifically. The as position. far as a player, it's the I got it. Perfect. Yeah, the position sense. of number two tight end. Yeah, makes total sense. Because I want that to be a weapon. I want that to be like just like we were talking about. I want that to be something that is on film that people have to prepare for. Because even if that guy, whoever is in that number two tight end role, isn't going to be getting a bunch of yards and getting a bunch of touchdowns and all that, he's a decoy at the very least. That's something that they have to pay attention to. So now. You've got Tobias Merriweather one-on-one, you know, going down the field. Or you've got Mitchell Evans one-on-one. Or, you know, just put the name of whoever you want. Now you've got one-on-one coverage as opposed to, well, we don't have to worry about the second tight end. We don't have to worry about the H-back, you know, whatever. Put it on film, man. Make this an option. Make it an option. That's what I want. And if they can do that, and I think that they will do that. I really do. I think that this team is going to be – multiple enough that those things are going to have to happen. They're going to have to happen. Yep. So here's a good follow-up from my bold prediction. Andrew Gilmore says, what about you, Brian? Is the four tight ends with a a TD due to injuries? It could be. I'm fine with that. I mean, but I'm more thinking, but just so you understand, like I would count that still as good, Yeah. but I'm actually thinking more just within the offense. Sure. Right. So like, your starters, Mitchell Evans, he catches one. Let's say Holden Stace is your number two. You're going to have a 13 personnel situation where you leak out your number three tight end, or you know, late in the year, Eli Raritan steps in, makes a makes a touchdown in a late game situation where you're blowing a team out, and then also Davis Sherwood has like a real in game situation. So I'm kind of sure. thinking it more three. Uh, normal tight ends and then maybe like a fourth guy does something in like a blowout kind of thing uh because in the past when they would do two and three sometimes it would be the blowouts where those guys would get those touches sure right sure and um that's kind of what i'm what i'm what i'm thinking but no i'm not i'm not thinking injury on that per se although you could you could say obviously that would count but i'm just in my head what i'm thinking and i'm making this prediction i'm talking about within the normal manner in which a season goes Cool. I'm I'm saying four different guys will score. So not not looking injured, but it certainly could happen that way. It just it's not as bold to say, well, I think two guys are gonna get hurt. And you know, so so thank you for the clarification, Andrew. It's a good clarification. I want to make sure that I am clear on that. I'm more referring to um the the normal manner in which they run their offense. So right. maybe the fourth guy could be a blowout situation, but that's still a bold prediction because it means you're gonna blow teams out enough to where you're getting your third or fourth tight end the ball and you're scoring on them so yeah yeah so that's that's it for this part vince and we are having a mailbag next folks so vince is going to get us out of this part portion of it but if you do have some questions we've had a couple people ask if we're doing a mailbag today we are in fact doing that yep so thank you for joining us for our final positional preview of the preseason we are going to kind of turn the page to next week because fall camp is going to be starting and we're going to be specifically talking about fall camp, our expectations, all that fun stuff next week, man. Like we actually get to see some football, Brian, and I'm, I'm pretty fired up about it. Like I'm so desperate. I've been watching my son's huddle film of practice. Like that's yeah. 
where I'm at. Okay, I'm, I'm that's what I've been watching. So I'm excited to see Notre Dame for sure. We also have four big summer intel pieces on the board now. Two offense, two defense. Oh, I haven't read the second offense and one yet. And so uh, we, first one focus on front seven. The second one focus on like the secondary. The third one focused on receivers and running backs. And the fourth one was on quarterbacks, tight ends, and offensive linemen. Tons. Gotcha. I mean, they were all huge. I mean, they were all really big intel pieces. So I spent the last month, or really not last month, really last two weeks especially, just reaching out to as many sources as I could around the program to kind of get this together. So that is a premium member thing only. So if you have not signed on the message board, do so. I think Vince, I looked at the numbers yesterday. We are only 40, I think 44 people away. Let me look at the, where we're at numbers wise. I think it's only 44 away from reaching our, yes, 44, 44 net subscribers away from reaching our goal of where we wanted to be next season oh, so nice. when i first launched the message board the goal was to get to this number by the 2024 season we've been ahead every wow. year by a full year every year so far which is pretty awesome like we got to 500 a year faster we got to a thousand like two years faster so we're really way ahead so i would love to get to that number before the season starts before the first game is the goal when i say season starts the first game so uh, if you have not signed up for the message board, now's a great time to do it. We're going to have tons of stuff on there. We're going to have some really new, cool features this season with film rooms and different things like that. They're going to be message board only stuff. So you definitely want to check that out and be part of that, uh, be part of that type of deal. So, and some of this stuff is not stuff that people can necessarily jack because it's going to be actual video and, you know, that kind of thing. It's a little harder to jack that, but, you know, people will try. <laughs> but yeah, so definitely sign up for the message boards at boards.rspectown.com. You can be a monthly member, annual sure. member, or you can join the booster club. If you join the booster club, you get some free stuff as a thank you for part of the that merch, well. baby. So, and all the people in this chat that are on the message board, they'll tell you it's a really cool place to be. Because even like during slow times, then there's all time. We just people still just talking, you know, yep. just it, it's a community. Definitely want to sign up, be part of it. And of course, it it's the one thing that we have where we don't split the revenue with somebody else. It's just fully support and IB. So we really appreciate appreciate that very, very much. Very, 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 very much. Absolutely. So. Make sure you you share. Make sure you uh, hit that thumbs up button. I saw somebody talking about there's 238 people in here and only 83 have hit the thumbs up. Come on, people. That that helps us out, too. We're not just asking for your money. If you give us a thumbs up, that helps us out big time as well. So make sure you do that. Share with your family and friends. Hit that notification bell because you just never know when that next show is going to be. And maybe it's planned. Maybe it's not. So make sure you hit that notification bell so that you know when we go live so that you can be a part of it. Because that's what we are all about. We are all a part of IB Nation. And that's why we want you guys to uh, to know when we have shows and be a part of it. So uh, that's going to do it for this part of our show, the tight end breakdown. Make sure you stick around for the mailbag. But until then, that's Brian. I'm Vince.